Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Hurry in during Ram Truck Month, where you'll find J.D. Power's number one brand and new vehicle quality in 2021. And right now, get 0% financing for 72 months on the 2022 Ram 1500 Lone Star. For 2021 J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Not compatible with any other offer. 0% APR financing for 72 months equal $13.89 per month per $1,000 finance for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital regardless of down payment. Not all buyers will qualify. See dealer for details. Offer ends 5222. WrestleMania weekend just happened. The Raw after WrestleMania was last night. If you were me... Today was Super Card of Honor. So what an amazing few days it's been for wrestling. Of course, it all started with WrestleMania SmackDown, the Hall of Fame. Did you how much GCW did you watch this week? Have you even slept? Am I catching you at a bad time? I slept a good few hours each day. Yeah, I watched every GCW show pretty much, except for Planet Death, because there's so much else going on on that Friday. But I was watching everything, Spring Break, Bloodsport. Fucking, I even watched all the WrestleCon events that I could see because there was the AAA one I missed. So I watched the everything else I could see. Every Do you night. remember when I had multiple screens up, right had multiple windows? AJ the Lobster, thank you so much for following. Yeah, Gino, you were like this was your weekend, all right? There was a lot of GCW. I was not like in. I was in WrestleMania mode, but I didn't even watch the Impact Multiverse stuff. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. Let me say it like that. I, this was in Dallas. I should have been there. I spent all day Sunday like at church, and then I went to Costco. Then I went to Home Depot twice. Like I had an eventful weekend. It just didn't include as much wrestling as it should have. My friend went to WrestleMania on Sunday. We were te- and we didn't even. So my friend who uh, this is a table nacho friend. My friend David. We had table nachos at that one WrestleMania. So we thought WrestleMania tradition table nachos. We didn't do that this year. None of that. And we were texting each other on Saturday. And then Sunday, he went. I, I would have went. No, cool invite. So I did not go to WrestleMania Sunday. Uh, but I, and I, let, let's go to let's go to the whole effing show. So on uh, on Sunday, I called in, and I wasn't super happy with night two. Like, as we've gotten further away from it, I realized I liked it way more. I think at the time, I was just tired. It was a long day, Gino, of Costco. I went to Home Depot twice. I closed my move ring that day. So it was just a very exhausting day. So by the time AJ and and Edge were doing rest holds, I started to get a little sleepy. And then Undertaker came out, put his arm up. And I was like, didn't he do? He didn't put the arm up on Saturday. So Sunday was like, this is the big moment. What a WrestleMania moment. The arm went up. Uh, So that was the only thing. Like Those were my issues. Now, being removed. What a WrestleMania, Gino. I know you're a hipster GCW guy, but what did you think? I ended up really enjoying both nights WrestleMania. Night two, I enjoyed a lot more than most people did post the show. Like immediately, I was like, this is a good show. They knew what they were doing booking the show. They didn't expect Roman and Brock to kind of happen the way it did where Roman got hurt. So it had to kind of be finished a little bit faster. They probably wanted it to. But the entire show, I thought, top to bottom, was what it should have been. They booked the way they wanted to. They didn't 
didn't know if they were going to have enough time for the biggie like with the new day match so they had like okay we have to squeeze this in here because we said it was going to happen but I thought even with that like quick placement, they did a really good job. And WrestleMania Night 2 was a really good show. That might have been match of the night. That fast tag match. Butch was all over. Sheamus was all over. Ridge was a rookie. Like, I'm going to be in the ring the whole time. I didn't, they didn't, like, they didn't, Matt Bloom didn't teach me all this extracurricular shit you guys are doing. Storytelling, Gino. Fast pace. Butch. I think Butch is getting over. That Pete Dunn thing I've completely forgot about. Butch is getting over the scrappy do of the group is doing his best with the Scooby game of fight night. Dude, for real. Gino. So the, and, and also, I mean, the biggest star of, you know, WrestleMania weekend, including the raw after WrestleMania, Ezekiel Elias's little brother. I was wish I wish he was doing a Joseph park though. Like I've been, I'm looking for my brother, Elias. Have you seen him? Like they should just go all in Joseph park from park, park and park, trying to find his brother, Chris abyss. Uh, but what'd you think of Ezekiel, Gino? Like it's, it was. We all saw like the, the the shots of him in WWE 2K wearing you know wrestling trunks. Is this at all? I did you expect this? Did you know this was going to happen? I didn't know they were going to change his look up completely because we were told before that Vince didn't like what they were going to change Elias into because he looked too much like Randy Savage. <laughs> so we have this new look where he's grown out his hair, shaved the beard, and just have it look completely different from. Mr. Savage. But now so looks, I was surprised. Yeah, he okay. looks like Savage's brother, though. He looks like the genius. Like, it's the same. No matter what, he's going to look like one of the Poffos at, at the end of all of this. He looks like the, uh, what was this, the valedictorian or whatever his name was. Like, it, it's it's silly. However, I loved that promo. I loved all of that. The crowd was awesome doing the Walk with Elias chants and uh, Kevin Owens saying Elias. Like, all of it. Because even when the big Ezekiel popped up on the screen, I'm such a mark, Gino. I thought Ezekiel Elliott was about to walk down the. the I was. I popped. Ezekiel, what? Ezekiel Elliott? He was on the pre show for WrestleMania Sunday. So I thought it was Ezekiel Elliott. Unfortunately, it wasn't Ezekiel Elliott and it wasn't Ezekiel Jackson. It was Ezekiel. One name. I. So I'm I'm interested to see where this goes. I'm glad that Kevin Owens is graduating from his amazing feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin and into a program with Ezekiel. Yes, this is a great time that we sadly didn't get to see Big Rig, though. We didn't get to see Big Zeke. We had new Ezekiel here in wrestling. We're going to have him get this big push by beating Kevin Owens. And what's weird to me is I don't remember if it, in that entire promo they had Malachi Black says supercard sucked Gino. They could not even sell out a fucking high school gym. Oh, it was a it's a community college, but we'll get to that. Yes. But yeah, I don't remember <laughs> that he brought up about that Elias died. Like, did they even talk about Elias's death yet? I, I don't remember. even really remember the the death of Elias. Wasn't it more did he die? I thought Jeff Hardy like got drunk and ran him over. No, they were like those whole those promos where he puts his guitar down. There's the cemetery spot where it has Elias on a tombstone. And Elias says, this is the, like, Elias is dead. Elias is no more. And we've waited months and months to see what is Elias' new character. Who is Elias going to be? And after all these months and months of this buildup where we forgot all about that Elias is dead, we have Ezekiel, his brother. But I don't know if they even mentioned that Elias died. Wow, see, I don't remember any of that. This must have been on NXT 2.0, which, why, so how come on Raw, 
so I didn't watch Stand and Deliver either, all right? I was busy, you know, WrestleMania Saturday. I was at work, and then Ralphie had a game, and then I went to Fuzzy's Tacos. I just, just crazy weekend all around. No time for NXT Stand and Deliver. Why would they have, like, this pay-per-view that ends with Braun? What did he lose because there was some distraction, like something like that? Like, what, what was the big issue there? And then to just run it back on Monday. Did they say, like, at the end of Stand and Deliver, you know what? I'm going to fight you on Monday night. Like, did they at least build it? No, this was just a out-of-nowhere rematch that we got from Stan Deliver that Braun Breaker got to prove himself and look strong. And then tonight he had to defend his title that he just won against Gunther, and he lost. Oh, but Gunther won it already? Just... No, Gunther lost. Gunther oh, lost, I meant to say. Gunther lost. It's sad. But after the match, we now have this new program going on with Braun Breaker. Because we just saw at the end, because I know you don't watch this shit, but I do. <laughs> so we had Rick Steiner. He's backstage. And then we pan out from where he is. He's in a cage. And we have Joe Gacy and Harland outside the cage holding this motherfucker in hostage. <laughs> so we're going to have Joe Gacy go for this world title with Harland winning. Yeah, you're, you're, you're correct. I do not watch this anymore. And it is sad because isn't Ciampa done as well? Isn't that like hitting that, didn't that hit the news? Ciampa's done. Yeah, I believe Ciampa's final goodbye was to put over the new dawn of NXT, uh, Tony D'Angelo. Which, you know, they are doing, certain people are being put pushed correctly in a lot of ways. Like, Tony D'Angelo is an NXT 2.0, like, star. He just works. That character works. He's good in the ring. Joe Gacy, the character kind of works. He's not good in the ring. Uh, so, but Braun Breaker, is it time? Are we already... Did we make that decision? Why did he have to ruin NXT? Shouldn't he just went to the main roster if he was this ready? I I feel he should have, but I don't. There are moments when I do see Braun Breaker match. I'm like, he's needing to learn. He's needing to actually figure out how to work a proper WWE style match because he's really good. He's really talented. He's almost sucking up everything he can to make himself into this perfect wrestler. But I do see some flaws, even in this match he just had with Gunther. What do you think about? So this the night after WrestleMania is always really, really overhyped. It really is always – like there was a, an era there where it was this strange happening and we didn't know why the crowd was so raucous and they were just cheering unbelievably loud for anything. And then we started having the debuts and returns would happen. It, was, they, it turned into a big night. Now this Raw after WrestleMania with Cody's opening promo – just the whole, and then it ended with Roman's promo. Didn't this feel, this is one of my favorite Raw after WrestleManias ever. It was three hours, and it flew by. It really did. It was one of my favorites, except for a moment that still upsets me because I care about continuity and storytelling in matches. And we get, in the early part of the show, we get a championship contenders match, right? We have this women's tag team championship contenders match where the champions are fighting Liv and Rhea. And Liv and Rhea lose. Rhea leaves Liv in the ring because she's what got pinned. She was so frustrated. She's pissed. And later that night, we get to hear from Rhea back the backstage, hey, I talked with Adam Pierce. We're going to get a title match next week. So what was the point of the match earlier in the show? The <laughs> championship contenders match that they lost. Oh, wait, so it's for the title next week? Yes, oh, they see, get a title match. I thought they were just running it back. I didn't know they were having a title match, but uh, great point. That makes no sense. Championship contenders matches goes against everything I ever learned from Jim Ross. Like he, champions need to be protected. Now you get your champion out there every every Monday night. 
and they start losing or they start splitting victories with other people, suddenly they're nothing special about watching them wrestle. So I do agree a championship. And I, I, Mike Rome, this is a championship contenders, Matt. Like we all know what that is and care. Like it really matters because you're right. I mean, win or lose should be a championship contenders match when it's with the champion. Because if it's a non-title match, it should make you look more promising. and should get you in the title picture, but it doesn't always. So he's like, yeah, we can do a championship contenders matches. But then if they then win the match of champions, and then the challengers still get a title match next week. What was the point of calling it a championship contenders match? It's a, it's a ranking system. It's all points-based. The wins or losses, like if you get a pinfall, it's worth 10 points, but they already had enough points to to get it. They don't explain the rules on television, but that's that's how the championship contenders matches work. No, they're stupid. Uh, yeah, I've never, I've never got that. I've never got the idea behind let's have the champions have a match where if they lose – the other person gets because it should just be for the title if that's the case. Like champions don't necessarily need to be in all these non-title matches that they have. Look at Roman, protect them. Make like don't let these guys wrestle and beat people or lose to people every episode of the show. But since it is something useless like the women's tag division, I like that that's the one thing that stood out to you. Like I didn't care at all because if anything, it's like. Uh, you could just imagine Rhea going into the office and pleading her case. Look here, Adam Pierce. I'm one of the most dominant divas in wrestling history, and I deserve a tag title match, mate. So I don't care if we lost earlier tonight. My resume speaks for itself. Me and Liv and the Chomps next week. Book it or I'm out. Isn't that, can you just imagine? Like, they probably didn't show that, but if you go to WWE.com. Malachi Black says that is the worst Australian accent I have ever heard. She's from Adelaide, Nathan. They speak differently than they do in Sydney. Pay attention. Was that good? What did you think, Gina? Was that a good Rhea Ripley? I thought that was a fine Rhea Ripley impression, but I just it still upsets me. Like, one promo I remembered, and I thought back on this after I saw that promo, was back in 2019. We had Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. I don't know if you remember when they were a tag team. My guy yeah, Fire and Desire. We had this segment <laughs> backstage on a SmackDown in July of 2019. They're backstage, and Mandy says to Sonya, we're getting a tag team title match next week. Or like, she we're fighting the champions next week. And Sonya's like, so we're going to get tag team title match next week. And then Mandy said, yes. And if we win, we deserve a tag team title match. <laughs> well, look, th- this title doesn't make sense anyway. All right. I- I'm all for If we're not going to get rid of the brand split, let's get rid of this title. Like, this is just the most convoluted. Nobody knows who the tag teams even are. WrestleMania season. Like, did you notice there wasn't really, they tried to make the glow team, the only tag team. Everyone else was a random mishmash of people. It's not like anyone had matching gear. We don't have an AEW dark where we can have tag teams squash other tag teams for months to build like a tag team division. There's not a tag. There is singles titles. And then everyone else is fighting for either this title or the 24 seven title. Like that's where our women are in this company right now. And I do envy AEW for for the way that they handle. And look, I don't watch Dark or Elevation, but you can at least make the argument that these these women are wrestling and being given a greater opportunity than what they're being given in WWE sometimes. Because Shayna, remember Shayna? She was like this dominant, I'm going to the blue brand. Blue bones break the same as red ones. And to watch her come out with Natty to like Natty's music 
was such a bum out at WrestleMania, but I loved their match, you know, okay? And I didn't pay attention to that promo in 2019, nor did I pay attention on Raw, because I always just assume Rhea Ripley is talking about how great she is, and she would be the champion if it wasn't for Charlotte. So don't worry, Gino. It was a great Raw regardless. There were six-man tags. The Snake Boys were out there. Uh, we had to, we, Chad Gable with Shoosh. That was a lot of fun. Veer Mahan is finally here. So there was a lot of fun stuff. I think it was a really good Raw. It was. It's one thing that really also works me a little bit just thinking about this. Because, yes, we have Team Bad, two-thirds of Team Bad back together. And we had Tamina getting proposed last week. Also, man, uh, Dana gets proposed last week. And we don't have the wedding segment yet. We don't have the double wedding with R-Truth being the official where he wins back his title. Why have we waited this long? Already a week and it's already passed. Well, no, because they got married. It was only last week when they did the proposals, right? We Weddings, yes. take, they take time to plan. I went to Kane and Lita's wedding, okay? I was watching Raw from home when I was watching it at my friend Anthony Nino's house when on the screen it was like, you are cordially invited to the wedding of Kane and Lita. Do you think that's on YouTube anywhere, the Kane and Lita wedding invitation? I wouldn't be surprised if we do still have like those, that wedding invitation. I think they also had one for the Theodore Long wedding that they did. They oh, had like with, an invitation with for that Crystal one. Lashley. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, they don't have the wedding. They don't have the invitation. They just have the they just have the Second. wedding. Yeah, I don't care about that. I want to watch the you are cordially invited because I took that seriously. I thought, oh shit, Raw's in Anaheim next week. Let's go. So I was at the King and Lita wedding. Gene, it takes time to plan those things, and then Matt yes, Hardy came out. Yes, it's it's weird. I thought it could take like a week. It only just takes one week. You plan and you could have this double wedding set up, but no, I guess it takes long. Well, That's and weird. when you have Roman, like the ending of Raw was a promo with Roman. We got to see the Usos twice. Uh, it was a there was too many awesome things on this show. Cody cut promo of a lifetime. Loved it. Started crying the whole way. Uh, really enjoyed Monday Night Raw. There wasn't time for the stuff that I don't like about Monday Night Raw. What? What? Thank you so much, Ayako. 13 months as a summer. And yes, Gino, uh, Raw was so good because typically it seems like they're writing Raw and they're out of ideas. So they go, okay, let's do, 20, let's do something with the 27, 24-7 people. We didn't need that this time. We actually had a good show. Did have a good show. I just I want to care about the twelve percenters because I care about Tamita. I care about the one third of Team Bad that we're not representing the way that we should because Team Bad is great and should be respected more. They're Unity. almost yeah, it's almost a new team. Like it really is because at that time it was Naomi, uh, Naomi and Tamina were the established ones and they were bringing up Sasha Banks. Now it's a completely different dynamic where Sasha's clearly the biggest star. And Naomi's, you know, I'm a big star, too. I've won a couple of battle royals. I've been a SmackDown Women's Champion before. So, like, those two make sense. Tamina has sort of just been forgotten. Although she had a title reign with Natty, so she moved on to other tag teams. She's not going to join this little stable. She's got a new thing going. Plus, she's, she's like, the is she the champion? Who's the 24-7 champ? Reggie. That's fucking the dumbest. This is the dumbest show. Like, I, whenever that stuff happens, I do start checking. Like, when's AEW back? We need to watch that. They don't have a twenty four seven division. Not yet. They're going to one day. But also, when we were talking about AEW, they're like women's division. One thing I love about AEW because I still remember this New Year's Eve last year. We had probably their best women's match of all time, being the tag team street fight. Oh, with Ty. What's yeah, the the the, the Ty Ty and. 
Penelope, buddy. You think that's the best match they've ever had? The best women's match? You think that's better than on Thunder TV, Rosa? Yeah. Thunder Rosa and, and Britt Baker in the cage or on St. Pat- both St. Patrick's Day slams? To me, yes. To me, I loved both of them because there was all the table spots and stuff. The fucking the ending spot, I love to this love day. Where Penelope Ford does the slide into the uh, tax. So she, like she does the splits and then she gets choked out. You love a table. You're a hardcore wrestling fan. I'm like opposite. Yep. Of that. I like hardcore wrestling when it's like Johnny Knoxville. Like that's when I love hardcore wrestling. It's funny. There's mouse traps involved. That's hardcore, and it makes more sense that way. Because when I was watching, because Gino, I'm this fan now. I was watching wrestling with my son. I almost didn't like the weapon stuff. Like it was. I don't want him to grab these things and smash me with it. Like he, when Johnny Knoxville uh, had the bowling ball into Sami Zayn's testicles. Uh, my son went and grabbed a ball and tried to throw it at my balls. I don't want that. I understand you wouldn't want that. And I'm really glad that we finally got, because I remember remembering that spot there with Johnny Knoxville. TNA did the same thing because John, uh, Jackass did that in one of their spots in one of their movies. We had Chris Saban, I think, had the camera. It was actually, actually it was a Bob Roth's production. So we had him do that. I think it was to Johnny Divine. Yeah, no, it's happened a few times in wrestling where the bowling ball's been around. I think even like Stevie Richards has done it. I've I've seen. So yeah, it's it's not just a TNA spot. ECW would do that spot anytime. WCW hardcore matches definitely someone to like. I could definitely see Big Vito or Johnny the Bull Stamboli or or Norman Smiley taking a bowling ball to the testicles in WCW. So yeah, classic spot. Great idea to pull off. So, WWE crushed it this weekend. However, you and I aren't the WWE guys, okay? I'm WWE when I talk to Kevin. You're WWE on Friday nights when you talk to Kevin. Like, we need to get niche. Black says Ralph is going to kick your SV levies. Oh, dude, he's already doing it. He he literally knows how to throw a working kick and a working punch. He throws a working kick like Stone Cold, though, where it almost knocks me out of the ring. How awesome was the kick? Everybody at work, that's all they want to say is, how convinced messed up the stunner? I was like, no, he almost fell over because he's old as fuck and he took a boot to the stomach. And it would have been better if he just flopped out of the ring like an old fuck. What an amazing moment. What an amazing night. So, Gino. It was. But really, I would really quickly. That was a really bad sell yet. But I also want to talk about Pat McAfee's, which was not that good either. He kept standing on his feet kind of like Linda. That was awesome. You didn't like how he, like, flopped back? Like, he got knocked out. He was out on his feet. He just went unconscious, flopped back. Everybody likes to compare how people sell it. And it is like, okay, if you're not doing the rock backflip and you're not doing the Byron Saxon jump three feet in the air, or, like, I knew, like, why do we always have to get our, let me get my wrestling report card? Because you know what? you Fair enough. Wait till we start talking about Ring of Honor. Because, Gino, Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, you, your brand is back, baby. The brand that you didn't really watch until they were done, until they were, like, going out of business. Then you became their biggest fan. Like, no, 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 I've always loved Ring of Honor. I just never watched it. Uh, they've needed people like me to watch it, and I just never did it. So, But now, biggest fan. And, I, me, hey, honestly, me too, Gino. All right? you're, I, you're not alone in that. I watched Death Before Dishonor. I watched the Ring of Honor 19th anniversary. I watched the final battle. So, I, you know, I watched some of the big ones. I think they, I think they were their own demise, to be honest, because that 19th anniversary show wasn't very good. Uh, Death Before Dishonor, the main event was okay, but it uh, wasn't. It didn't make me want to keep watching. They would always do, like, even this event, finally it seems like it ends with, okay, I would watch more of this. Like, you know, it's they're, they're following the AEW playbook. If we need the pay-per-views end with something exciting, 
And this was a perfect ending to this event. But let's go. I watched it today, Gino. Uh, a little bit at work, a little bit on lunch, a little bit when I got home from work. But I watched Supercard of Honor. Did you watch it live? I did watch it live. I was excited for it. I had to have that up with SmackDown. I was like, okay, I have to focus on here. But SmackDown was like, okay, I'll keep it in the background in a second window where I was just like, okay, what's happening? Nothing important. Okay, I can focus on yeah. Shane Strickland versus Alex Zane, which is an amazing opener. But we got to talk about the Zero Hour first. Well, I didn't watch Zero Hour because that wasn't on the feed that I watched. But uh, so oh. I like that you brought – because the SmackDown go-home show and, like, WrestleMania SmackDown, even the matches that they had announced on there, like, come on. Did anyone give a shit? Did it, if they treated it like it was the first night of WrestleMania, maybe I would give a little bit more of a shit. But it really feels like just this throwaway, not important night that could be. Like, imagine if they did, like, they're booking all these matches for the weekend and they do start putting up graphics. WrestleMania SmackDown, night one of WrestleMania. You know, they could do that so easily. And they don't do that. So... Yeah, I and most of the go home SmackDowns I almost never watched. I I get it. I'm ready for the pay per view. It's tomorrow anyway, or two days later. There's no need for me to like. At least that's how I am. But either way, you know. Yes, I agree with you. I did not watch what happened at Project Zero. All right, we had an hour zero. Let me tell you right now, we had Dalton Castle was the end up being the challenger to Joe Hendry. Joe Hendry came here in the States. He wanted to prove himself that he could be the guy. He could be this top star, and Dalton Castle beat him. And we also had the uh, Tony Blanchard came out to start his enterprise with this new tag team he is supporting, which are really two big jack dudes who end up beating world-famous CB and Elysium. It's a really good tag team match. Okay, cool. So that's I did see Tully Blanchard later on in the show, and I did see what was that guy's name? Quan or what's that guy's name? Uh, we have uh, Quan and uh, Tolina, I believe. Quan, he he's from here, I think. I think he's a Texas boy. But Quan. either way, great. That sounds awesome, Gino. I'm glad this company's sticking around. So Super Card of Honor was live on. Was it on pay per view? I think it was on pay per view. Uh, opens with Swerve Strickland. He was the first guy to come out, and then Alex Zane. This was a good match. Now, Alex Zane is one of these guys that I, when I saw him on 205 Live, I thought this guy could be something. And he's just taken over the Indies, in my opinion, because whenever I see him, he has a good match. It's never, there's never, like, you, you bring up Gringo Loco sometimes to me, like, oh, we love this guy. I like him sometimes. You know, Ninja Max, same thing. I like him sometimes. Uh, Alex Zane has never let me down, and this was a great opener. Fast pace. It felt like an X Division match because these guys are pretty much X Division guys. Do you think Swerve is a little overrated? Do you think we're giving him too much credit as like, oh, WWE just released like a Chris Benoit? We both know that Killshot is amazing. We know that Shane Strickland is great in MLW. We have seen him rise to fame to be this top guy in NXT in Swerve. Now he's finally free again, and he can prove why we followed him since his days in Lucha and finally can be free to be himself. I feel like like when they released him and it was shocking, and then I see him on the indies, 
and he kind of just looks like an Indian Malachi guy. Black says Swerve fucking sucks cut a promo kid. That's okay. Thank you. I'm so glad he brought up the promos because even on AEW, his promos haven't been that good. It's like it's a bunch of like stumbling through around like, like the way I'm sounding right now. He's a bunch of stumble around some words and then he goes, whose house? And that's the only part that we were like waiting for, which is really just Run's house, by the way. I mean, I don't really know why nobody acknowledges that. And watching this match, it felt like Alex Zane is somebody that I'm wondering, how come he didn't get a better shake? And then Swerve is like Chris Bay, but not as good. Am I, am I, is it, are, we, are we selling Chris Bay short? Isn't he already our Swerve? I guess you could see him as like the Swerve for Impact. And that's why what I would love to see, and hopefully we do get, is Swerve versus Bay, which could happen in some indie show, not AEW where Impact since they don't work together yeah i wish swerve didn't go to aew like i know that's the one that pays you but it, he would be way better in impact and i say that all the time that's like the probably the most annoying thing about me as a as a wrestling fan everybody should just go to impact like, i i like impact wrestling i think that swerve would fit in well there i think he could be a world champion there i think in aew he's gonna be a jay lethal he's gonna have some big matches on dynamite but he'll never do anything that matters yeah, they're going to have like some build for his character, like some changes on Diamond, but the big moment that does happen for his character is going to be on like ROH. Well, and maybe that's why this Ring of Honor, like this other brand they're working on, maybe it is a great idea to have some of the, because AEW has gotten too big. There's too many guys. I remember running down the roster at the end of last year, and there was like 100 dudes on that. So maybe this is a perfect opportunity. We have Ring of Honor now. You could even just assign 20 guys to that brand. And you could record your television tapings. You don't need to do it like AEW. Let it operate independently. And you can put a guy like Swerve there. Like everybody that was on this card, excluding FTR, doesn't necessarily need to go to Dynamite or AEW. Like it's it's fine to keep some of these guys as Ring of Honor guys. Because already we're seeing, you know, that a bunch of titles changed hands. It did feel like we're passing the ring of honor torch to AEW and we are getting ready to either move everything to AEW or these guys that are now here winning belts in ring of honor. Maybe this is a better opportunity for them to stay here where the, the, the TV schedule is going to be really easy and it's going to be easier for them to, to it'll be easier to work here than it would on the big TNT show. Right, and I do believe what you said is true. I'm looking forward to when we do discuss FTR because I feel the opposite. I think this is where they should be. We should have FTR because we'll be able to actually have them have great matches that aren't just booked to make them lose and look bad because the Bucks Poor kids be are just the as best to bury Thank you so much, Mana Israel. Stay safe spells from Malachi Black. But Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented. Oh, my gosh, kids. four safe safes. Uh, Gino and then Kevin Cody was on raw it was amazing it was one of my favorite Poor promos that he's ever cut he became the kids. star that left him in the dust you know like stardust Gino did you hear that because he did I, really run down WWE when he left poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. just thank you Nathan and it does him coming back and cutting the promo about his dad as a WWE fan, I was a little worried. Like, do people like Cody as much as us AEW marks? And apparently they do. They love this guy. And him bringing up his dad and, like, crying. I was, you know, 
I was crying as well. All right, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. What a promo. When? So what's up with the Seth thing, though? The Seth handshake. Are we going to continue the Seth versus Cody feud? Or are we just kind of... Because I was ready to just go Cody wrong. Cody, or yeah, his promo was awesome. And then I'm just waiting for the for the Roman music to hit. And I thought we were just WrestleMania backlash. How do we follow up the biggest WrestleMania ever with the biggest WrestleMania backlash ever? Cody Roman. I was thinking we were going to get something setting up for Cody right now. But to me, how I saw this, because I interpreted it differently than some people have. I saw this as like we have Dusty's son, Dusty's kid. And he went face to face and had this match with the one of Dusty's kids. And he decided to show, show uh, Seth the the, uh, the code of honor, the handshake after the match that he didn't show after the match immediately. He gave the day a couple days after for us to show code of honor since they're both Ring of Honor dudes, former Ring of Honor world champions. And they did shake each other's hand to prove that they respect one another. We can move on from here where Cody's going to now beat up another Dusty's kid until he finally goes up to the final Dusty kid, Roman. All right, is everyone in NXT just a Dusty kid? Because those characters don't really seem like Dusty characters. They weren't Dusty characters, but people baby, came around during baby, the time of like FCW. You're going to be thumping your feet. You're going to be a rocker, baby. You're going to swing that belt around, baby. And everybody's going to think that man is a wild man. That Seth Rollins, he is wild. He's swinging that belt around, baby. You're going to be NXT champion, baby. Do you think that was like his speech to Rollins? Because Rollins in NXT doesn't really seem like a Dusty guy. I would have thought he was Dusty. Like Dusty was there and like him, William, and hunter might have all been together be like okay what can we do with each of these guys what are their flaws what are their strengths and we can work through that and i believe that's what it was because seth physically he could go so fucking hard but early on seth like when he came in there from tyler black he couldn't always cut the best promos it's like you can be the wild guy you can't just be the rocker just beats the hell out of people tries to be this high flying top rope talent and you'll learn from us and from others how to improve your promo skills. So it could be a dusty kid. That's what I'd see. How did you pronounce? How did they pronounce Roman's? Wasn't it Liake? I believe it was Liake. Baby, you're gonna be. You're gonna be Liake. You're gonna be Samoan, baby. You're gonna come out with your skirt, baby, and everybody's gonna know there's a bad monkey right here. You're gonna be Liake. Is that? I don't think any of these guys strike me as Dusty's kids. They don't really cut like Dusty promos, do they? They don't cut promos like Dusty, but the whole point, like, you're Dusty's kids because you're from the early days of NXT where Dusty is, like, the main coach who was teaching you the entire ropes, like, how to be better, both as a worker, as a promo, just be yourself. Like, and he went all the way up to when Kevin Owens showed in. Like, Kevin Owens is another big Dusty kid. I don't So, wait, when did Cody bring this up? So, Cody was like, I'm going to beat up NXT guys that my dad worked with? Is that what, he, is that what you took out of that promo? What I took out of it is because he mentioned in a the media like event that he did like after night one on night two, he said I had jealousy to the NXT kids because they called themselves and were called Dusty's kids, and that's what like during his early days as like when he was growing up, he was like those aren't Dusty kids. So we had that jealousy because everyone was disrespecting him and Dusty. Wait, what? No, he was already like in. He was already in WWE when they were doing the Dusty's kids things. He was in WWE in like no, 07. He, but he never got that feeling of like that his father where he believed because WWE and everyone was like, oh, this is Dusty's kids. No one really respected Cody and really cared for him. Like he was just naturally jealous about NXT and them being called Dusty's kids. 
All right, Gina. All right. Hey, you get to interpret it your own way. That's why it's a soap opera. I'm glad that you're really going in on it like that. I, I didn't watch the media scrum after, which apparently is setting up his next feud. So he's going to fight another Dusty's kid, huh? Which one is who's he going after, Enzo? I believe that we're going to get this first with, a, with Ezekiel and KO out of the way. So then we're getting Cody and Co- uh, KO. And again, by Mania next year or the year after, we're going to get Cody and Rope. No, we're, I don't know it's if we're going to. so long down the We road can't wait Cody. that long. Cause, so who's next for Roman? Malachi Black says Gino just spoke for three minutes and made no fucking sense. <laughs> I know. I let, hey, I let you him go. You need to understand. Here's the whole thing. You need to listen to the whole 50-minute discussion See, that Cody no, has. No. Where he talks to media for you we're, to really but understand. We're watch, but, you know, we're watching the television show. Like I, I know that I, like we watch Raw. We don't watch media backstage stuff and that, that that doesn't tie into main storylines and stuff like you don't think it does but a lot of stuff he said in the promo in case you would like to know was from media he said this already sure but the, yeah and exactly the important stuff made it to the promo the stuff that was just oh i'm you know just honestly letting it all spill out yeah sure dusty's kids that i didn't like that and, and like, i mean because even when you were explaining it i'm like what cody was in wwe in like 07 and why would he care about like oh i didn't like that they were dusty's kids because i'm dusty's kid. like what you were already a tag champion or continental champ who gives a fuck if enzo learns how to cut a promo because dusty's there like I, who that's sweet now and then your answer is well cody's gonna have to wait until ezekiel and ko are done like no cody cody comes over he's already a big baby face like we he we want him to to challenge our big evil heel that can't lose anybody it makes sense for him to go after roman and you want to bring up dusty's kids like you know my dad always said you were gonna be great roman and i'm gonna kick your ass at backlash like something like that we don't need to wait for Ezekiel to be done with KO. What other Dusty's kids are there right now for Cody to fight? Who's Cody fighting at Backlash then? Cody's fighting Finn at Backlash, the leader, the original creator of the Bullet Club. Wait, wait, is that booked? Is that already there? Do you know that? I believe that's what we're doing. He's going after the U.S. champion. He's going to kill Uh, the leader of the Bullet Club. I hope he doesn't go for the U.S. title first. That feels like... But the storyline makes sense for Cody. No, it doesn't. You know what makes sense? Killing Bullet Club? The meta idea of a store where he's a baby. Yes. Okay, Gino, did you watch Raw? He held up a big thing with like a title belt with his dad. And he's like, I want to be WWE champion. So at Backlash... I challenge the United States champion Finn Balor. Yeah, he's gonna prove that he because can be we were he's use catch that the buzz, as the launching the point, like we used to use the U.S. title for. Thank you. Cody doesn't pack. need to be launched. Cody's already coming in as a main eventer. If you go, I need to be launched. I need to spend some time in AAA baseball before I can go to the big leagues. Thank you, Cassidy. I appreciate it. I know. I understand. Gino was like internet syxx pastor sexy says gino e does not fucking care about bullet club stories thank you yeah this is wwe we're not even fucking bullet club they don't give a shit about bullet club they were let's make it our thing the original club you know they don't give a shit about that little japan thing that they were doing over there and why would cody this guy that we're bringing in as a top baby face immediately challenge another baby face just because oh well they were in the same faction in japan I just believe that that's going to be the meta story we're going to get. It's going to happen because it would be perfect. It would be a great match, too, because we're finally going to get fed a match that he deserves to have someone who's as really a top star more than him, even though Finn's amazing and talented, maybe more than Cody, but he's not as much of a star as Cody is. 
Sure. No, he, and, and again, why would you punch down if you're Cody? Let's bring him in and have him fight the scrubs. Like, no, let's – hey, we don't have a match for Finn Balor at WrestleMania, but he's going to fight one of the biggest debuts we've had in a very long time or at least returns. I would go Roman. I think Drew's probably up in there for the Roman sweepstakes. But there's going to be something better for – for Cody than U.S. title feud. Like th- that would be a total downgrade. He, there's a lot of other things that we need to get to. Probably him versus Seth again. I'm sure Seth is going to be a dick or something on SmackDown, and it'll just keep this going. If there, if he's going to be there, who knows what the brand split looks like right now. But no, we're not doing meta. Because in WWE, isn't the meta company really? They don't really do a ton of meta stuff. They don't entirely, but there is something I still remember to this day that they did that was meta, which I have somewhere in this house. I bought the OGBC shirt, which OGBC was original gang Bullet Club or Balor Club. So they do meta occasionally, even just for merch. Yeah, but occasionally for merch to sell some shirts. And yeah, I don't think that they're going to bring in Cody and his first big thing is going to be against Finn. I, I, I wouldn't do that. I think Finn... Uh, if anything, if we're going to turn Finn heel, maybe, but no, we're not going to do that either. We're, we're just, we're spinning wheels with Finn. We need him to keep Cody in the, in the main event. We got to keep him primed for something big. However, now that I'm saying all this out loud, it's so obvious he's going to be fighting happy Corbin at backlash, but either way, Gino, that was Cody Rhodes. I'm excited that he's in WWE. I hope that Vince is booking him and we're going to get him into main shit. I don't want to see him fight. I don't want him to have a match against Ricochet next week. Okay, you know, keep him in the main title picture. Keep him in the big belts. We want him to fight for you. You don't want us to get all these dream matches we never thought we would see with him, though? You don't want him versus Ricochet to ever happen? I want him versus Roman for the universal title. I think I said that. I, that's what I want first. That's all he wants. It that's makes sense. You just want him to no. do it now. You just want him to shotgun it right now to the world title and have him lose to Roman. Sure. Okay. If it makes sense. But I don't want to just see him. It's This isn't MLW. This isn't the Indies because this is a perfect example. We're talking about Supercard of Honor where we're just kind of having matches because, oh, well, it's a dream match. Uh, how many times is uh, Caprice Coleman and Ian Riccoboni going to tell me Jay Lethal and Lee Moriarty is a dream match? Which and, it is. And that, but that's what I'm saying is these matches can happen on the indies because there's almost no consequence. Lee Moriarty goes to AEW. Jay Lethal does whatever he's doing. So it makes sense uh, in that context. Yeah, just have a bunch of random-ass matches. Just do it. With Cody, who's coming in, cutting a promo about, I wanted to be the WWE champion because my dad was never WWE champion. It's my time to be WWE champion. What's up first? Fight Ricochet. Uh, like, remember when he left WWE? It's It was the complete opposite. He had a list. I want to fight all these guys on the indies. This is the reverse of that. I'm going to the WWE to get the fucking belt. So I want him to get the belt. I think that would be exciting. And it's a perfect story. Even if he loses to Roman uh, up first, what? It's, at least it's we got to see it. He got to try. And that's what my prediction is. If we're not going to get Rock Roman at Mania next year, we're getting Cody Roman. We're not getting Rock Roman. I'm going to let everybody know that. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be at that WrestleMania. I'm calling that now. Um, oh, you're going to L.A.? Hell yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm going to go to that. I already texted my brother. I was like, we're going to this, by the way. Save $1,000. And he goes, is it $1,000? I said, probably. both nights. Yeah. Hotels, yeah. <laughs> I was like, probably. Plus, if we start saving now, it won't sting as much when we spend it. Because we're definitely going to get we're, – we're spending $1,000. i am ready. So like, or more because yeah, you got that. You might go somewhere else Thursday, Friday. Oh, yeah. Back. I'm not doing NXT stuff, but I'll definitely go to like uh, – 
I'll see whatever. In, like I'll go to Empire. Yeah, I'll go to the Empire Wrestling Federation show in Covina. Like I used to. That that was my promotion when I was a kid. So, um, Gino, a dream match. Lee Moriarty and Jay Lethal. Now you just said it is a dream match. I feel like I've seen this match before. Is this a dream? This wasn't a match we've seen yet, but we've completely skipped over one match before this. We oh, didn't really well, talk too much about it. What was before this? This was the debut in a ring of honor of Tully Blanchard's third member of his. Oh yeah. <laughs> Brian cage. He yeah. had this great match with Ninja Mac that we should talk about. Yeah. It was a fun squash match. I like that. Brian cage is going to be relevant again in AEW. I think that's a great idea. I think even Tony Khan said like, I don't know why we haven't done more with Brian. So he kind of agrees with Melissa Santos and Brian cage. The team Taz stuff probably hindered him more than anything because they Tyler Spita says I had Indian sauce on Asian food tiki masala. Oh, tiki masala, Gino. Are you are you gonna are you a big tiki masala guy? I do enjoy tiki masala, but not as much as like I used to eat it. Like I used to have a lot of Indian food back when I was in like high school. Was this fun because it was Ninja Max like Ring of Honor debut and they were kind of hyping it up like it was a huge debut and then he got squashed. Malachi Black says the more and more I hear Gino talk about wrestling, the more I understand he has no idea what he is talking about. Stick to Impact and GCW Kid. Hey, we're in Ring of Honor right now, Nathan. This is this is perfect Gino territory. A GCW stronghold. Uh, Ninja Mac made his Ring of Honor debut. And uh, Brian Cage, just, that was awesome, though. I, I, I know that it was, it was. It was. I know it's a squash on a pay-per-view, but it was really fun to watch Brian Cage. It was a squash fuck. because also, like, even though, yes, it was a squash for Brian Cage to win every time, in a sense, uh, fucking Ninja Mac was just squashing every move that Brian was doing because he just kept kipping up out of everything. Just get up, get up, get up. So nothing was hurting Ninja Mac enough until the finish. Yeah, it was a it was a fun squash match, and yeah, the way they did it worked really well. Brian Cage got over him with Tully makes a lot of. Does he need a mouthpiece? Is that why we keep doing this? Because hey, put him with Taz. Hey, put him with Tully. Is there something? Can he not speak? I thought in an impact, I heard him talk. It wasn't bad. Yeah, I always thought he was fine with talking, even like in Lucha, where yeah, he would Lucha, just say, like, yeah. I'm a machine, and that's all he is. He's just a killing machine. So they're like, okay, you're a machine. You don't need to speak then. We'll have others speak for you. And Team Taz was a detriment to because they had other people that really focused on, like Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs more than Brian Cage. Yeah, I think once they added Powerhouse Hobbs, I almost thought they would be a tag team. Like, oh, dude, well, can you imagine Cage and Hobbs tag team? They're going to be epic. And then Ricky Starks would be the singles guy. And they didn't do any of that. They made Starks and Cage the tag team. And Sting was, you know what, Sting? I respect you, Sting. Like, what a weird, that went nowhere, did it? I know that he probably, yeah. he fought Ricky Starks and all that stuff. But I, I almost thought he would join Sting and, and uh, Darby. I thought maybe he'd start painting his face a little bit. I'm a machine. I have Biomech painted on my chest. That'd be awesome, Gino. So, yes, that was a squash match. Lethal Moriarty was up next. And, uh... It, so I didn't like this match as much as the announcers wanted me to. I, did you love this? Was this like, were you, oh, I can't believe I finally get to watch this? I was kind of excited because this is the foundation pretty much fighting each other. The person that Jay Lethal wished he could be right now, Lee Moriarty, the guy who is the future wrestling, having this match with Jay Lethal, the kind of heart from Ring of Honor that still is here, the foundation of Ring of Honor. It was a really good match, and I was surprised that Matt Seidel still showed up, even though he's hurt. Yeah, he was limping everywhere. That was kind of sad. Like I know he wanted to be there, so I like applaud him for that. But th uh, this match, though, for me, was a little boring, and maybe it was the announcers really overselling it that made me annoyed. 
because they were constantly calling this a dream match. Uh, Ikebani, we call this a mirror match because this is Jay Lethal looking into the mirror 20 years earlier. I'm like, what is the? What are we talking about? Like, it was, you know, I'm Matt Stryker, and this is like a mirror, although a mirror to another dimension because it's a younger Jay Lethal. I know what they're trying to do, but the more they were shoving it down my throat, I thought, it was, what is it, John Cena out here? We got Lee Moriarty's the next Cena. What's happening? So it was just kind of a snoozer for me. Although the Jay Lethal low blow, that was, I was finally, was like, thank God, something is happening yes. in this match. We've had weeks and weeks of buildup with Jay Lethal losing, just being so frustrated, all this stuff going on with his career. Finally, we have some character change, but in Ring of Honor, <laughs> <laughs> Not AEW where the stuff has been happening, where he's been finally tormented with all this failure that he's been going through, where he's finally turned on everything that he stood by and he respected and wrestling. Well, it's also funny I that know. you're saying, like, we got weeks and weeks of this. I'm like, dude, did we? So, yeah, whatever the Jay Lethal it's, stuff was popping up, I must have just been tuning out. The Adam Cole match, the Brian Daniels match. You don't remember all these weeks where he kept on losing and he kept being, you could see the frustration in his face. And even on Rampage, he had that promo. He's like, I have to make a change. See, I don't remember. I don't watch Rampage. That's probably my issue is I don't, I don't really watch. I only watch Rampage when they're like, Keith Lee and Powerhouse Hobbs are going to be in the main event. Then I watch Rampage. Otherwise, they're like, we're going to have Daniel Garcia and Max Caster. And I'm like, okay, no thanks. So um, let's take a look, Gino. After we had the awesome heel turn, and then you talk about continuity. That was a fun word you said earlier. Yes. Um, Sanjay Dutt was like, what are you doing? Jay, what are you doing? And then he like escorted him to the back. That was awesome because that yes, that sets up years, something later in the night. together they've been with each other. And yeah, actually, thankfully, Comter actually talked about their past, which I liked. It was good. Yeah, the the original player from the Himalayas, like yeah, all this stuff was going to be like. It, there's a lot of tie-ins there, and and I also learned Sanjay's no longer with WWE because I saw him at this Ring of Honor show. So this was your first time remembering <laughs> that Sanjay got released like, like, last year. What? What are you doing, Sanjay? You're a WWE guy. I was like looking for Chris Park from Park Park and Park, uh, or no, then Chris you is might a bit surprised that Sean Defari came back to WWE like a month or two ago. Oh, thank he's goodness. Been now he's a backstage guy. Oh, thank goodness. I heard Jamie up. Noble was like the star of the weekend, apparently. People loved his work as an agent backstage at Rap Mania. So, Gino, uh, the next match, correct me if I'm wrong, Willow Nightingale versus Mercedes Martinez. Was that the next match? That was this next match on the lineup. We get this interim women's championship match because the women's champion had a match also. That she was wrestling she around the corner. Yes, she couldn't make it in time. It, they, it wasn't around the court. There was a good distance they had to reach. They couldn't get there in time. That's also why one match that should have been the main event here was not able to be the main event. Oh, that's why it was so early. Okay, I was even wondering yes. that too. I kind of noticed that because I'm watching. You know, I watched this today, and I thought, oh, I thought FTR would go last. Like I really did yes. view that as the main event of this show. But no, they had to make time because the impact multiverse so, so gino and, i have to make an announcement mercedes martinez might be one of the worst wrestlers i've ever seen like uh, she there was a spot where willow nightingale is seated right and mercedes is dropping bows and she now, is, black says i saw highlights of this match and holy shit it was so bad she, so many botches she was not even anywhere fucking close to willow's head it was embarrassing willow had a weird roll-up moment where she was trying to roll her up but they were already like in the ropes so instead of giving up the pinfall she just kind of held her and mercedes just, just kind of went 
and got the ropes. Very anticlimactic. Then Willow hits a moonsault. I'm like, holy shit. And it looks like Mercedes got legitimately hurt. And then you're thinking, okay, wait, is she going to pin her? No, she's doing something else. No, she was trying to pin her. She just was taking for fucking ever. There was no sense of urgency. It was this... It was one of the weirdest matches because I kept wondering, is this on purpose? Is this on purpose? Is this on purpose? There was so many slow motion spots. That I was like, this felt like there were supposed to be crash pads and they weren't ready. But I've seen Willow have good matches. I've seen Mercedes have good matches. This was one of the worst matches. And, and look, I know you're going to say it wasn't the worst match. So, yes, I have seen Jackie Gata and JBL. I saw that. This was up there for me because everybody loves Mercedes, but every time I watch her, she's like throwing up a big boot and missing. She's like taking a clothesline and falling before the person gets to her. She's just not good at this. Okay. This was a match that did not have to happen. I agree that this probably shouldn't have happened. Maybe we should have just said Mercedes Martinez is going to be number one contender. Because this was not a good showing for Mercedes Martinez to prove that she should be champion. It has this match with Deanna. I I saw the issues. I saw the problems, the botches, and there were some. I've seen worse matches. And so I can say this was a bad Mercedes match and a bad Willow match. Yeah, I was going to ask you, the- like you said, this match didn't have to happen. Like, do you think it was Willow? Like, is it anyone's fault? Because I'm blaming Mercedes like 100%. But because the only botches that Willow had were pinfalls and were getting her feet into certain spots. When I'm watching Mercedes, a 40 a 40 year vet, a 40 something year old woman dropping elbows and missing. I'm like, you know how to do this. I've seen you do this. Yes, we both know that she is good and she's been good for years. Like she's sure. had really good matches over the years, even great matches in your eyes, possibly great matches in my eyes for sure. So that's why I'm like. Okay, she is older and she has a lot of stuff that's happened in life, especially again being fired for a time period during oh, the okay. corona shit when she moved and had her kid and all the stuff that happened in her life. So like she for a period was like a really bad place and wasn't sure where she was gonna go and she could still work and she's in amazing shape for what she's been through. So like I still want her to succeed and I know she can succeed. And that's why I'm hopeful that this just was just a bit off night for both of them. And we get an amazing match with her and Deanna. I'm playing the violins, you know, like I, like a lot of other women go through certain things, like similar things, like getting fired in the pen. Yeah. Like that's happened to a lot of people. I'm saying this match wasn't good. I remember the, what was the last, the, the match she had with Mickey wasn't very good. She's having kind of this string of matches that I'm not enjoying. Remember she wrestled like Io Shirai. She was putting on bangers. Something is off because that that these elbows, there's no excuse for the elbows. Like I almost want to bring them up because it was just really awkward. Like why I even I was watching it at work and I had to show people because it was really bad. And and I like Willow. I want to throw that out there. I think Willow did a good job to the point where I thought, why did Willow lose? Like I know we want to do Mercedes versus Diana, but Willow Nightingale worked her ass off and it felt like Mercedes just kind of showed up. And she really did, and that's why hopefully whatever happens in the match with Deanna and Mercedes in the future, we do then get Willow and Deanna, because I do think that would be an even better match after watching how well Willow was able to work, even with the issues that they both had during the 
Event. Yeah, I mean, look, Deanna, we, we watched Deanna have a, a bit of a snoozer during that Texas Tech, or not a snoozer, but that, that DDT was awful. We've seen her get a little bit sloppier, so I'm getting worried that my favorite women's wrestlers are suddenly turning, like, shutting me down. Willow Nightingale is a star, and I had to watch her hug Mercedes all excited, like, you go, girl, here's a belt, I'm out of here, and I'm thinking, you should be holding that belt up. You, you hit a moonsault tonight. And nobody, like, I did not think she was going to do that. So, great performance from both women. Uh, very memorable, at least. I'll never forget this. So, I guess that's a plus. Um, and why was it, it did, why did they have to do it interim? Why didn't they just do number one contender? I have no idea. I guess because they wanted to have an entire champions portion of the show where we have all the titles. So, technically, the interim right. would be a championship match. Because they want to be like, this is Supercard. We have all the championship matches. Right. That's a good call. That's probably exactly what it was. Was We want we want an, an image or something to post on Instagram of all the different people holding the belts. Like, that's probably yep. what they're and going And they couldn't, for. like, make the time for, like, Impact to be like, can you push Deanna's match a little bit later so she can come here earlier so we can have Deanna in there? They're like, okay, we can't do it. So, yeah. yeah it, so. Well, because it was, and it was like an hour drive. I know that I was yes. saying, like, it's. It was a little. But her match at Impact, you should actually see, it was pretty good. I'm gonna, I'll watch that show. Yeah, I could, it wasn't on Impact uh, YouTube though. That was that was another question I had for you. Like, what, was that a pay per view? Why why wasn't that on their YouTube stream? Yeah, it was exclusive to Fight because it was a WrestleCon event. Oh fuck them! Are you serious? I pay five bucks a month and I don't get to watch all the things. Well, not you get to watch all their like Impact Plus and like events of that that are monthly. This was a. Another event. That's technically their second month event, which is normally not only that only happens when there's pay-per-views as well. So technically, yeah. I need more stuff on Peacock. They need to put it on Peacock at this point. Just have (laughs) impact on Peacock. Peacock absorb all these fucking guys. So speaking of absorption, Gino, the Briscoes and FTR. This was the main event. Uh, You can tell me all these other matches that happened after were the main event. This was the main event. The the crowd. The crowd, by the way. Like they were, yes. they were, they were pretty quiet throughout the first three matches, and because. I, I had seen the images of, you know, the empty arena. I've been to Curtis Colwell for an AEW show, and they did not sell one side of the building. You know, they just have the camera set up there, and as the show went on, people just kind of started to walk over there, like, oh, these seats are all empty. We're gonna go over here. There's more room, so they know they can't sell out the venue. So it was just really quiet, and then. The Briscoes and FTR happened, and it seemed like this was at WrestleMania. Like, this crowd woke the fuck up. They probably started letting people in for free like it was a Nitro. This was fun. This was a fun one. I was very, very excited when this one started. This was the only match. Once this match started, I thought, why the fuck didn't I just go to this thing? It was like 30 bucks. Should have just went. It would have been a great time. Uh, didn't go though. So I, I lived in regret for this one. I probably would have only enjoyed this one match live though. So I guess that's fair. So Gino, was this everything you thought it would be? This was the match of the year for me. Yeah, it was no other match is going to be even able to compare to this match. This was a fantastic match. This was so good. I know that we're being, sometimes we could be hyperbolic when we talk indie wrestling, but as far as tag team wrestling goes, there's not going to be a better tag match than year this year, unless Kenny Omega and Hangman get back together. Like this was, it was so perfect. The crowd was so into it. There were FTR fans. There were Briscoes fans. And the Briscoes both looked Whoa, like they were the buzz, feel the sting. They were in the best shape of their career. Thank you so much, Six Pastor Sexay. 
and this was a really really good match like uh i like there were several spots when when tyla speeda says gino is it better than fabron versus gino in a chamber gino now here's the thing we did get to see this other amazing match just last night because during our little suck of anything or whatever it's called i forget malachi black says yeah gino that must have been better than cody vs seth or becky vs bianca you are a fucking idiot (laughs) you are actually fucking dumbass so here's where we got to go with this right now we had this amazing wb2k22 match which almost could have gone off for an entire hour because of how the cpus do things because we get Irish whip spots back and forth for like 20 minutes. Only Irish whips, pretty much. Just the Irish whip back inside the cage, outside the cage, to the chamber, to another chamber pot, into the ring, out of the ring. It was amazing storytelling and psychology we were seeing between these two. But I still believe that this tag team match, I always feel that tag team matches are even harder work than singles matches. So I feel that if someone could pull off an amazing tag team match that I can remember and will remember probably for the rest of my life, then this is the best match of the year. So you are, are you slamming tag teams right now? Because I feel like I can no, name. I think tag team matches are amazing. Like it's harder to pull off an amazing tag team match that is memorable to an extent. Like the only other one I can remember that is almost as good as this is probably the FTR versus DIY. You're being so rude. Are you being? You're being serious. You don't. You didn't like Kenny and. And Hangman against the Young Bucks. You didn't like Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers, whichever time they had that, those matches. Those were good, but I'm still saying, like, to me, those are different than an FTR match. FTR. Briscoes versus o- OGKs. FTR. That's, see, these are another amazing match. FTR versus F- Enzo and Cass. You're like, you, what, what's happening? I Don't laugh. Go back and watch one of them. I think they had a match at a takeover. It was so fucking They probably good. did have like one match. At it was like the time. Okay, I, I remember this because it was like, this was the, the this was the takeover. Enzo and Cass were finally going to win the belts and they're fighting the Revival and the Revival beat them and it was so, it was a great match. I think Cass was selling the leg injury. It was such oh, yeah. a good match. You need to watch it, Gene. You know, you, I do need to watch it back because I for, I do remember like the leg injury when how that was going on like that was a good I don't know why you either. laughed when I said end zone cast but it was it was I a, forgot like they were in the title picture it was man. a great I match forgot that for a minute. I, 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 I don't like that you're pretending close. that the Dudleys and the Hardys and the and the uh, Edge and Christians I was, you don't remember them having awesome matches are like, you I'm saying a recent member like are you pretending that, that the Von Ericks and the Freebirds didn't tear down the Sportatorium every, they always did every That's fucking the, Friday the, night FTR is the closest thing to the Freebirds and the Von Ericks we have in 2022. Oh well, I tell guess, that tell that to the Von Ericks in, in MLW. Can we? Just thing, I guess out. yes. The Von Ericks are the closest thing to the next generation of Von Ericks. Yeah, Erics the Von Ericks are the closest thing to the Von Ericks, and yeah, a lot of great tag team wrestling has been happening. Gino, we live we we live in the world of AEW. We have a tag team company now. We have best friends. Yes, we do have best friends, but we also have the Young Bucks. Pretty much trying to bury every tag team they can. But, can make themselves into the best tag team. But they have good matches. Like that's I know that they I don't do. I don't want to defend them because I, I used to be on whenever you anyone else talks shit about them, I have to like defend them. Like because I, I used to hate them too. But now I'm realizing no, they kind of deserve it because they have the best matches. No offense to Sunny. They deserve to bury every tag team and be like making themselves over to be the best, even when they're not champions. Who have they buried really though? Like the FTR, is that it? Yes. FTR right now is like the big one. But I are mean, they even FTR buried? Should have been champions. They're triple A tag champs. They're Ring of Honor tag champs. But yes, they are Ring of Honor tag champs now, but that's not AEW. Ever since Their Kenny one Omega. AEW tag team title match, they lost. Well, ever since Kenny Omega left, uh, 
AEW. The I don't even know what the Young Bucks are up to. Like it's just like, oh, we're friends with Adam Cole, kinda. Like what's happening with that's them? That's been the kind of story, but also the side story they were doing with the whole FTR thing because they had that one promo where, like, both the Young Bucks were dressed in like shamrock shit they were because it was like kind of in the near time for st patrick's day so we're like setting up for wherever their next match is going to be and now we finally do know the next match and it's for the triple a tag titles ftr to kick ass match like two weeks ago <laughs> like I, they're but always this was better than any other match this was a great match i'm saying it now i'm not going to call it match you know what for right now maybe match of the year i think day one had a couple matches of the year on it so and of course rebellions around the corner that'll have a couple matches of the year, but this was a really really great match. And honestly, throwing this out there, only match worth watching on this whole card. If you're gonna watch one match and you don't really like, uh, I was like, yeah, Ring of Honor. I was like, what the fuck's this thing called? If you don't like Super Card of Rings of Honor, this is the one match you need to watch because it is FTR. They're in AEW. It's the Briscoes. They're probably gonna go to GCW or somewhere WWE. Who knows where they're gonna go now? But. This was a really, really good match. Uh, it was one of the first times since Hardcore Holly that I saw a suplex out of the ring, and I got really scared. Like, oh, so it was so great. And then post-match, you know, Young Bucks, your favorite. The Young Bucks showed up to kind of just steal a little bit of that spotlight. Got to bury the Briscoes on their way out. Yeah. What, this match, what I loved about this match, and you brought it up kind of to an extent, the crowd. Yeah. We have, like, when you get, like, Rock Hogan, we get that crowd reaction. That's WrestleMania. And when we get this match, even though, yes, it's not a large arena, but if this match, you if you just listen to the crowd, not yeah. know how long, big it is, you could feel like this is a fucking amazing moment. Like, this is, like, Rock Hogan, because you get that dueling chance. You get people just excited because this is the match they've waited for because they knew it was happening. They've been waiting months and months of build-up since final battle. And it's finally happening, and this is the moment we get that crowd response that you hope to get as a wrestler. Yeah, you can have like Shinsuke versus Sami Zayn in NXT. Or like, remember that show where we didn't even know who Shinsuke really was in the Amer the American audience. But once that match was happening, the crowd, you know, fight forever. This is awesome, this, and it was great because this match was that same ilk of smaller venue, but it was still really important, and we were all excited for it. They were, they were chanting, this is awesome, before they even locked up. Then as soon as they did lock up, there was another pop. Arm drag, there was a pop. The crowd really wanted to see this, and there were Fight Forever chants. And it really, and I swear, when the Briscoes hit the big rig, I thought, holy shit, are they about to win this match? And the, no, don't worry about it. FTR's going to bury them. So, Malachi well, Black says, yeah, two backyard trash teams are bigger than two <laughs> of the biggest stars ever. You're right, Gino, you moron. Look, I didn't compare it to, knock, to, uh, to Rock Hogan, but I'm just saying as far as a loud crowd in a smaller venue, it reminded me a little of that Sami Zayn Nakamura match because these Dallas, Texas fans were going apeshit during this match. You got, Nathan, this is the one match. I'm telling you, you got to watch one. This is the one. This is the one in 21 and one. Because the next match, I, I I could skip. How come they were calling... Okay, so Gino, overall, FTR wins, five-star match. Do you think Meltzer's going to give it five? He better give it six stars. Because this was the better... This breaks the record, I feel. Breaks that ranking system because of that. 
even though what he should do is he should exclude the aftermath because we don't need that. That didn't happen. We didn't get the Young Bucks just burying the Briscoes, just hitting both their fucking Meltzer driver and the fucking BT trigger. They didn't hit the Meltzer driver. You got to rewatch it. They tried to, and then the Briscoes, again, then FTR came. Yeah, we're setting up Dynamite. Setting up Dynamite. Tony Khan bought set up for the AAA title match we're getting on Dynamite. I think the Ring of Honor title is on the line now. I think they announced they switched it from AAA to I think it's both. I think Ian Riccoboni announced that later in the show because they did have a weird moment where it felt like an episode of Dynamite where Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman had to go, this Wednesday night on Dynamite, we're going to have Adam Cole, who I know very well, taking on Christian Cage. Like They might as well have brought Excalibur out because Riccoboni was just doing his impression. You had to run down the entire car. Yeah. That's the match we know for sure is happening. We're going to Tony Cosprey going to tweet a couple more. No, do they announce like four matches? It was strange. It was like an episode of Dynamite where they just announced the next Dynamite. Here's what's going to happen. It's every car. Yeah. It was, the- by the way, Caprice Coleman was really trying to ruin this event for me. Are you a Caprice? <laughs> do you like him on commentary? I there was a part of what Caprice says in the main event that I really liked and I thought he's really good. Oh, okay, because the main event is where he lost me. Because uh, <laughs> to jump forward, Jonathan Gresham does a hesitation drop kick to the back of the neck of Bandito. Looked like one of the most vicious drop kicks I've ever seen. And then Riccaboni's like, "What does that do to like your hands? Like, what does that feel like? It doesn't feel good, Riccaboni." Well, no, no, no. It's like, talk about what it, how the long term effects of a move like that. Like, do you feel tingles in your fingers? Oh, tingles in your fingers and your toes, Riccoboni. It's like, no, he wants you to be an analyst. Can you, can you give him some like, just to get, like, can you? You're a wrestler. I've seen you wrestle before. Can you, can you talk a little bit about what it's like to be in a match where you take a drop kick to the back of a head? <laughs> oh, Riccoboni, I've been kicked so many times. It was very weird. His commentary in the main event was probably my least favorite part. I but the whole I'll talk about like the one spot. Okay, so we have Chavo Guerrero for some reason with Bandito. Wait, wait, what'd you call him? Chavo Guerrero. Because Caprice Coleman calls him Chavo every fucking time. Chavo Chavo with an S. Chavo Guerrero was tearing up. The he was at ringside wreaking havoc throughout the entire night. And there was this moment where Bandito also wanted to just get him out of here, get him out. So we had this grave live from Caprice Coleman that this is the first time a wrestler actually wanted this man to get dejected from a match, which yeah. is true. Yeah, well, the first time I remember. It was a good call. Yeah, it was a good call. I like that You know, they were trying to tell that story of, of Chavo, who's kind of a villain. You know, He doesn't really like Tony Khan and all, the, all of these things that were said throughout the night. And Bandito brings in Chavo to you know be his manager but Chavo's like dude I'm old school light cheat and steal essay we need to leave here with this championship we're gonna cheat we're gonna do whatever it takes but Bandito's like I play by the code of honor and then he like grabs the referee hey this fucking guy he cheated bro get him out of here so they kick Chavo out and Caprice Coleman was very happy when Chavo got out of there so but before all that you know remember Minoru Suzuki one of your favorite wrestlers Yes, I do know the king, the man who created Pancrase, one of the founders, I mean, of Pancrase, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. He had a match here tonight. Yeah, with Rhett Titus, one half of, uh, wasn't he the guy who was teaming with Kenny King when Kenny King left? Yes, he was with uh, Kenny, and he also was part of the foundation. Yes. Rhett Titus. How come, was he the professional before? Because I was very annoyed. Now, this was my least favorite part of the night. They called Rhett Titus the professional. Now, are they trying to tell me he's more professional than Brian Myers? 
No, because he is just a professional. We don't know what his profession is. I know what it is. He's just a professional. He has the mask, so maybe he's a professional mask designer. He takes it off for the match. So maybe he's a professional mask takeoff model. We don't know what he's a professional of, but we know Brian Myers is the most professional wrestler. Okay, I was very worried because when they were telling me this guy's the professional, I was like, fuck this guy. Fuck him. I hope he loses in two minutes. And guess what, Gino? He lost in like four minutes. What was the point of this match? Was it just to get Suzuki a title in Ring of Honor? It was to give him his first ever Ring of Honor TV championship match, and he got to finally win this title. Minoru Suzuki in America is a champion in 2022. I think this is his first title ever, they said, in America. Like, he's never won a belt for an American promotion. At least that's what that's what Rick Abani and Caprice Coleman were trying to sell me. Uh, I guess he's fought for, like, the ROH title before, but he didn't win it. So he won the... The television championship, which means he's going to be at TV tapings this Tuesday. Yes, I'm excited to see Minoru Suzuki here in America working these matches and being the champion, defending it every time when he can <laughs> be the greatest champion in 2022. Did you like this match, though? Because it was just more proof that I don't really like Minoru Suzuki. Like, the character is awesome, and I love his haircut. And when he's walking around, everything seems to be clicking. And then when he's fighting or wrestling, I start to just, oh, God, I get bored. I've enjoyed, like, this entire weekend I was watching Minoru Suzuki match. See, Vessel Biff Busick in a really good match. He's really a good That one I would, like to, got, I would like to see that. That sounds yeah, good. His match with Biff's is good. His match with fucking Chris Dickinson was really fucking good because they've always had good matches in Bloodsport, and that was GCW Bloodsport 8. So this match was really, I thought it was fine because, like, yeah, it couldn't, they didn't want to have a lot of time in here because they needed to have put more time for the main event. So it was, like, three, four minutes of just technical wrestling that Minoru is really good with until the finish. It was really fine. I thought it was, it did what it needed to do for a match. Minoru Suzuki is still getting old, but he still can work at his age and do matches like multiple matches in one day. So yeah. I don't think the age is the, is the issue. I Maybe it's just the way he, like when he's smacking people or the moves, uh, I really feel like if someone wanted to, they can beat the fuck out of him and, and even Rhett Titus to an extent. It's like, why are you just being ragdolled by this little fucking guy? Like, you like you should be able to do a little bit more. It made me think, Rhett, first of all, I hated Rhett Titus, and, and I don't really know him that well. When they called him the professional, I was already really fucking annoyed. And then uh, when he lost, I thought, he kind of just looked like a piece of shit. He looked like Tyler Rust or whatever that other guy from NXT was. He looked like, if you follow local comp WWE on Instagram, it looked like he was just one of the extras that that jobbed at Keith Lee on a, on the main event. He doesn't have like that look like he's completely different than anyone else. Like he can be lost in the shuffle if you see him and any other wrestler who calls themselves a wrestler. So yes, it's not a good look for Red. So hopefully he does change more in his character and the foundation changes now with us knowing who the world champion is with Ring of Honor. I think Red Titus should join WWE. I think they could fix him up real quick. I think he could be like Tony D'Angelo's like friend because you know he's got that friend now. Just bring in yes. another friend. That'd be awesome. From the TV show where the fuck the dude's from. Yeah, so we got – but I love Minoru Suzuki, man, because I, I found this match from like 1990. It was Minoru Suzuki versus Norman Smiley, and I was surprised <laughs> at how well Norman Smiley could work a tactical masterpiece. Almost Whoa, quick. shots fired. Norman's great. What are you talking about? He is great. Like, I always just thought of him as like the hardcore wrestling guy from WCW. Oh, like wearing the helmet and the shoulder pads? 
And that's what I kind of saw him as when I was like looking at Norman okay. Smiley and the wig, the big wig. Yeah, big wiggle. Come on, Norman rules. He does. He but, really does. Like that match showed me, like this motherfucker is actually really good at Suzuki in the nineties. Like he still works as good as he did then. Not well, as like the fast pace like he used to kind of. I was gonna but. say he doesn't. For me, he doesn't work very good. So that's why I, I maybe I'll check out his nineties stuff because it is yeah. the match. Character looks awesome. The music's awesome. Everything seems to work, and then he starts fighting people. And they treat him like he's Hulk Hogan. Like he just kind of moves, like he waddles around a little bit. Uh, Shawn Michaels is doing backflips. Like it's just this, like oh well, we only wrestle like this because it's Suzuki. Like he's got superpowers, and I got a flop. So everybody wrestles like they're fighting Big Show, and he's like a little fuck. So great match. I would recommend watching this one as well, uh, as long as it's just uploaded to Instagram in like two slides. You know, like you can watch a minute, switch over, see the end. There it was. Uh, Josh Woods and Wheeler Yuta, who was right, Gino. I, as soon as Wheeler Yuta had that match against D. Bry or whatever, I knew he was winning a, a belt somewhere this weekend. Yes, we both knew, like, after Brian Danielson showed the world that this kid is can fucking work, this kid could be the future star, he had an amazing pure championship match against a man who I thought was never going to lose the belt, Josh Woods, but I did predict, like, Yuta deserves this win, and he did get this big W. Another AW star takes the ROH title. Once he had that lengthy match on Dynamite, I knew, like, oh, he's winning. Like, why would he not? Why would they? They're obviously, they see something in him, all right? He had a big a big match on television. It makes sense for him to care, like, this new tradition of Ring of Honor that AEW is trying to instill. It makes sense for Wheeler to now, sh- Wheeler, to show up on Dynamite, and he can tell Regal, like, look, I got this belt, and then Daniel could go, poof. I could take that belt off you tonight if I wanted. And then they have an amazing pure rules match on Dynamite. And then Wheeler probably upsets him because D-Bar grabs the ropes too many times. Oh, it writes itself. So I knew Wheeler was going to win. And in another moment, I know it's Spring of Honor, so it's probably that I don't watch enough of it. But Josh Woods loses, and he was so happy. You know, he's hugging Wheeler. He's handing him the belt. Good job, bro. Gets out of the ring really quick. All right. I'm I'm Josh Woods. Good night. Like, he was out of there. And Wheeler gets to stand tall with the belt. Yeah, they have respect for each other. You give the champion their time in the ring by themselves to celebrate. And he showed respect with the code of honor handshake like you're supposed to as real wrestlers, which I did love just to quickly bring back up, like since Code of Honor is important in Ring of Honor. In the tag team tie match we had earlier, the beginning match where we have... Like, Malachi Black says, Vilides, it's because it's a company full of losers. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, Gino, there was no Code of Honor in your Minoru Suzuki yes, tag, match. Yes, he did not shake the Code of Honor. He had no respect. Just like FTR, when the Briscoes went for the handshake, FTR didn't accept the Code of Honor. But then after the match... Because of them realized just how much of a hard-hitting fight they both had, FTR shook the Briscoe's hand and respect the code of honor. Yeah, it was end. it was good storytelling. They had like the hard-hitting. They knew they all had match of the year. And yeah, it made sense for afterwards to kiss and hug and hand each other belts and raise arms and stuff. So, no, it was great. I, I liked it. I agree. And then, you know, Wheeler was selling the sore arm and Josh Woods like had to hold up. We like, it was, like I get those moments. All right, I get it. Just as someone who's been watching WWE, WCW, ECW, watching a lot of NWA Power, uh, even spent some time watching New Japan, even a little All Japan Pro Wrestling Noah. 
you know, Empire Wrestling Federation, VIP Wrestling here in Dallas. Like, you know, all these things I've watched. It's still funny to watch Code of Honor stuff when you're not ready for it. Because if I was Josh Woods, I just lost the belt. He acted like DDP when he lost the belt to David Arquette. Here you go, bud. You won this one. I'll get it next time. It was similar to that, but it's completely different with how Ring of Honor's done this over the years. It's been what they do. That's to get code of honor. It's what it's called. It's what it's all about is respect and honor in the wrestling because just like what, what Imperium says in NXT, the ring is sacred. And then the the main event, you know, which I did not think should have been the main event, but it was the main event. They played a video package that kind of got me a little more interested. Now, why? what is Bandito? What is his gimmick? Bandito is Bandito. He well, is a wrestler. He well, is the wrestler. He's so good at wrestling that he does not need to have a gimmick. He is just a great wrestler. Well, they were trying to pitch him like Eddie Guerrero. Like that was one thing that I think my friend Caprice Coleman said a few times. He's like a young Eddie Guerrero. And there were there was a couple things they were doing that like they, I don't know if, if it was like that's why I was asking like what his gimmick is. Like what are they what do they view him as? Because I don't know what his character is. To me, he's just a luchador. It's like if if Sin Cara won a world title, like this would be what he is. Them adding Chavo Guerrero made me wonder, okay, is he a villain? Like what's why did he get why did he bring Chavo to this? Like Gresham's character, I get. Little guy, extremely technical wrestler. His finishing move is a is a roll up. So there's a lot of good. It's not just a role. Well, no, but that's what I, that's what I mean. Is like he's. It makes so much sense if you're a wrestler and the name of the game is to win by pinfall. Yes, you should have a creative pin that you use. You should have a couple pinfalls to try and, and get a victory. Like that makes his character makes a lot of sense. I'm smaller. I need to be able to cradle people, roll them up, and get a victory. Awesome, makes sense. I understand that. Bandito. He's like Eddie Guerrero because he's Mexican. Like that's what I. That's what the announcers told me. I. That is kind of what they tell you because yeah, you don't really get time. Is he for Mexican like on the mic? <laughs> I believe he is. Yes, he is actually Mexican. So he is like Eddie. He is Mexican. They are like have some. I don't know if his heritage is all in wrestling. I don't know too much about Bandit. I've watched a few matches. I've not had a chance to really get a good promo from him. Like even in Zero Hour, I don't call him really talking much. It was Chavo that was mainly talking for. Yeah, why don't they tell us a little bit more though? Because now, now his look is good. I mean, he looks like a great wrestler. He's got the abs and he's got a, a chest, mask, which is fucking sick. Yeah, I actually really it, like his mask. It looks like a bandit. You know, he, he's doing that. He is the fourth generation wrestler. He's the son of Apostal Junior. He's the brother of AAA wrestler and Helical, uh, and the cousin of I don't know who any of those wrestlers are. His real name is not a matter of public record, as is often the case with mask wrestlers in Mexico. His finisher is the the twenty four plex or they call then they call it twenty one plex. I think uh, Ian said twenty one. Yeah, I don't know if it's twenty four and like some promotion, but you say twenty one here. I don't. Yeah, I thought it was the twenty one because it was like poker or blackjack or something. They were they were making like a blackjack reference. So like like that was my question is just who is this guy? What is he? Because one of the things I like about wrestlers is yeah the characters like. When Rhett Titus was introduced as the professional, there was nothing he could have done to win me over, but I still was at least interested. Like, okay, they're calling him the professional. Like, it's either about, it's either that movie with the Russian dude, or he just takes professional wrestling really seriously. Although he's not the most professional wrestler, because I know who that is. Bandito, there's nothing to him that makes me think, like, I don't know who he is. He might as well be a villain. Like, there was nothing about him that I got. 
but uh, he looked good. I thought the match was pretty good. It was probably my favorite Gresham match I've ever seen. It was probably Gresham's best match. Yeah, we had an amazing contest that we were looking forward to since final battle for us to have this one-on-one contest, and it delivered as we all expected it should. It was rightfully to be the main event, so the Briscoes could make for the impact show. I think the Briscoes, but, but you say rightfully just so they can make it to another show. Let's pre- let's pretend there is no multiverse. Let's pretend there is no GCW. Does this does Bandito go on last or does Briscoes? Briscoes. Yeah, the the and I and I know I know I'm a WWE guy, but when Bandito and Gresham were in the ring and the and that's the main event. It really did feel like an episode of Velocity or something. Like two guys, sure they're having a great a great match, but without characters, I, I kind of was just watching two guys wrestle. I might, I might as well have been in an indie show. Which it's fine to watch two guys wrestle, especially if they sure. have a really good kick-ass match like they did end up having. And then we actually had a good reason for an aftermath that made sense, and it's something that's exciting. Well, and the Bandito stuff, and, and look, I didn't know his character going into it. At least they gave him some something like he's fighting by the code of honor. He has more respect for this business than anyone, you know. And okay, they're giving him something. All right, he's he could be a villain right now. He could be. He's got the mask. His name is literally Bandit, and he's got Shavo with him. So why not have this lie, cheat, and steal thing come up? No, no, no. My character is. I don't care. I don't want to cheat. I'm going to do whatever it takes to win clean. I'm going to adhere to the code of honor. This is my company just as much as it is anyone else's. Perfect. I, I get it now. But while I'm watching it, like when they're trying to sell me why, like when you when we watch Impact, like we know Moose is top dog. We know, well, I'm, I'm sorry. We know Jonah is the top dog. But we know Moose is there. And like it makes sense who the, who the top people are in that company. When I was watching this, it kind of felt like they don't have main eventers, so they just put these guys. Now, their match was great, but this could have been a great match for the Cruiserweight title or for the Intercontinental title, for the X Division title. It doesn't scream, world, this is the representatives of our company title. It doesn't, but what does represent that is what happens after this match. This yeah, but we realized that this is the main event. Picture. Yeah, there was an adult who showed up at the end of this thing. So. Two. Yeah, so three. well, because Jay Lethal comes out afterwards. Now, I did see a spoiler that Joe came out. That was my spoiler, but Jay Lethal comes out, and I thought Jay Lethal was going to demand like this is me fantasy booking. I thought Jay Lethal was going to demand a match for the belt. Like I thought, you know, let's put you. You think you're so big and bad? You'd be nothing without me in the foundation. And without the foundation that I invited you yeah, to be a you part piece of, it's of me shit. that you're here. You actually probably wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for your wife. So all this stuff, they just get in his face, ask for another match, and then have Joe come out and win the belt. Like I thought we were going to get a Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania Nine scenario, uh, but we, we, you know, Joe came out and he was just buddy buddy with everybody. The crowd went crazy. Uh, but before that, earlier in the night when Sanjay had to pull Jay off, like what are you doing? And Sanjay turned heel too. The original player from the Himalayas is done being smiley guy in a suit. Yes, and then we had, and they were just beating up on both Bandito and Gresham. Then, then fucking Lee Moriarty had to come out to be like, I got to save this. I got to save the day. <laughs> and he gets beaten down as well by Sanjay and Jay. Because it's like, I can't, he, no one can outnumber these two legends. Their star power, their history. They know everything that's going to happen. But then 
new music hits. We're waiting. Who could this be? And it's Samoa Joe finally after his WWE release is back in wrestling here in Ring of Honor and signed AEW. Yeah, it was a cool way to announce that he's with AEW. It does. It was a little sad because I don't know. Everybody's in AEW. I, I wish there was a graphic that was like, you know, J- Joe has honor or something. You know, like oh, there's another brand now. Now, Lockheed Black says I looked like Joe put on weight. He looked bigger. He did look a little different. I think it was his hair. Cause nah, he was fatter. Was he fatter, Gino? What happened? I don't know if he was fat. I need to look back at like his last time when he was the guard for William Regal. He was pretty was fat when he was the guard, but that, that, that's what's tricky is when he wears a suit. D2 says Samoa Joe has signed the code. Oh, yes. Samoa signed Joe the code. signed the code. Adhered to the code. There could be so many better ways to have that it's said. Instead of just... Yeah, but no, we have to have they have to be signed to AEW if they want to go to Ring of Honor. Jared says he was fatter. Yeah, he looked bigger, but he was shirtless. That's all that counts. I love it. I, he looks like a wrestler. I'm okay with it. Uh, I know what his gimmick is. He's not like Bandito. Where I got to figure it out. Twenty minutes into the match, uh, the match did end with with a with a roll up of sorts of a of a what do they call that? Like a trap pin or something? It was like a trap pin. Like the octopus got to be able to get his arms trapped and put him in that perfect position it was awesome that's how i like it's it's a wrestling thing that makes sense finally you know we're in a, we live in a world of irish whips so it is we live in a world where both these guys by the way did this stupid spot where they would do a suicide dive and they would just land and grab the guy and throw him back into the ring like it wasn't like you know when you watch like an austin aries suicide dive like he'll ram you into the guardrail and then walk around like an asshole for 10 seconds. They did these suicide dives where once they landed on their feet and like grabbed you in a hug, they just rolled you in the ring. Like it didn't look like the dive hurt at all. It's because like their story tells like this is a suicide dive. It's supposed to hurt. So we have to roll you back into the ring to try to go for the cover. So like, it's like, this was a big devastating move that should try to end the match. So it makes sense to want to get him back in the ring as soon as possible. But they didn't, there was no impact though. Like they just landed and caught him and then rolled him in. Like it wasn't like if they would have, if they would have got out of the ropes, hit the hit, smashed into the guy, rammed him into the wall and then threw him into the ring. I think, okay, that looks like it hurt. Otherwise it just looked like a fast way to bring him back into the ring. And then they didn't even do a pinfall after the dive. They would SYXX Pastor Sexy says Benoit is planking in his grave. What? They would, yeah, exactly. Benoit crushes the suicide dive. They would roll the other guy in, and Bandito did this awesome. Bandito had a great performance <laughs> in this match. But Bandito, like, rolled him in, hit, like, three kicks, did the 21 plex or whatever it's called. Uh, and then when Gresham kicked out, that's the first time anyone's ever kicked out of the 21 plex of Ikebani. Uh, what a good, what a, this was a great match. All right. I know that I, th- these guys were, this is like, even if it was on NXT or two five live, it makes sense. It was the main event of ring of honor. I get it. Uh, I get bandito a little bit more. I didn't realize he was only like 180 pounds. So he's a little guy. Uh, but what an amazing performance by both these guys. I, my favorite Gresham match ever saying that and my favorite bandito match ever. But what, like, what is next for either one of these guys? Well, I think it's going to be Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal's got to be next for Gresham, and we're going to have like Joe getting in the pitch, like being maybe the enforcer for their match. And then Joe turns, he'll be like, I want this title now. This yeah, Joe should just be, be the champ. Like the adults are here now. All right. I'd rather watch. Uh, I, I'd, I'd be okay with Lee Moriarty versus Joe, but I don't know. And Bandito was great, but is he just going to AAA? Like, is he done with this stuff? 
he might be done. Like I wouldn't mind him like working indies and AAA and that being what he does because he is a very talented wrestler. Yeah, he doesn't need to be like having a big brand to support. Yeah, like he could be or dude Andrade Family Office. That'd be awesome if he joins that. But this was uh, this was a really it was an entertaining show. I got to give it to him. I mean, I think leaving it. Leaving it with the Samoa Joe stuff, I was like, okay, that wasn't that bad. I went home happy. You know, you send the fans home happy. I went home happy. I saw a great tag match. I saw a great title match. There were other matches on the show. Probably not the whole thing was for me, but I'm not a big Ring of Honor guy. You know, I like I like WWE and I like Impact and I like AEW. So Ring of Honor has always been the like seventh or eighth promotion in line for me. So, but for what it was, I thought it was okay. Yeah, that was perfectly good show. We have good matches, great match. Probably again, like I said, the match of the year for me. And I don't think any other match will top this because of how the build up and the crowd reaction, just all this, no match. I don't think we'll have that. Well, and it had like so it and it also now Nathan, listen to this. It had like a it had a Gino like like credit there because of the meta ness of it like the 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 non-stuff we see on screen of it you know verbal jousting you have to look at their social media and read jay and mark talk shit for months to ftr being pussies who fucking tony Khan finally signed their goddamn permission slip after all these months for this one match you have to have a lot of free time you got to look up all this stuff you know all right and we don't have that time so we just watch dynamite we're like oh feed me oh I love it. Like you have more time, so you enjoyed the meta ness of it, and that's why this is your match of the year. My match of the year is Mercedes Martinez versus Willow Nightingale. Like that's my. I'm never gonna forget that match. I'm never gonna forget elbows that didn't touch anything. TWFS says AEW wins again. AEW did dominate this night, Gino. And where does a do you like AEW more than WWE? Like where are you at on that? Right now, no. <laughs> I'll enjoy Dave more than AEW because of Cody. Cody's making me really excited because him being the first guy to do this and not because of money, not because of all these reasons, but because he wants to finally finish what he wanted to do when he was younger. And he's going to fight Finn Balor for the meta. For the, what if they, Matt, what if they win all the titles? What if they have a match? It's Finn versus Cody, U.S. title. They both wear Bullet Club stuff. It's in the Tokyo Dome. Do you think that could be better than FTR versus the other team? Malachi no, Black says Gino said the FTR and Briscoes was bigger than Rock vs. No. Hogan. He didn't say it exactly like I that. I said it was as the crowd response. Like, if you right. just listen to the crowd, you could hear it like equally. If you did not know like this was in like a little <laughs> studio or in a gymnasium like you thought Nathan you just listen to the crowd you could like close your eyes and just think like this could be in a big ass stadium with all the people cheering and responding like Rock B2 says B2 said the FTR and Briscoes was bigger than Hulk versus Andre wow B2 said that B2 is crazy Ooh. yeah see B2 believes that this is even bigger I like, said see this is the basic tag team match that you'll remember for a long long time I'm gonna remember it as much as I remember Enzo and Cass versus FTR I'm shocked that that didn't that doesn't land on your radar some of the best tag matches ever it, rem- it doesn't as much as when I see <laughs> DIY DIY FTR will always be DIY was great yeah but I'm just saying I mean I love a good big man and I love a good sell that that match had it all and I and and I was really invested in Enzo and Cat I think we all were the team that came out and did the and you can't teach that like we loved Enzo and Cass when they were in NXT it made so much sense for them to finally win these belts they were never tag champs they've never been tag champs in their lives nope (laughs) 
And then, like, the biggest thing, like, I can still, like, that I remember was that whole hair versus hair match that Enzo had with that one dude. Then, then he never did anything after he lost. No needs. That whole, like, tag team match. Yeah, they didn't know what to do with that dude. Yeah. They got rid of him, I think. Hey, hey we can't all be Enzo in, in cast. Yes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, a, a pretty good show. Uh, I didn't watch Multiverse yet, so I'll have to watch that soon. Yeah. Uh, of course. But <laughs> I do want to, like, quickly mention, since I know you and I at least are caught up with the impact how are you feeling about the whole uh, Swingers Dungeon stuff? Um, The new Pattis. Okay. Stretch the motherfuckers out. I've only watched a little bit of it. I might have. I don't remember finishing last week's episode, but uh, I like it m- more, but it's because I'm a fan of the show already. Yes. And I think that was a big problem I was having with Swingers Palace and a very big problem that I had with Wrestle House was I didn't really like the show anymore. I thought it was stupid. So when when I'm watching, I'm trying to watch wrestling and suddenly we're watching some shitty reality show with Rosemary, who I fucking hate. Like it was all just like really bad. And it was a long, it felt really long. And I also didn't like AC Romero and Larry D and uh, the Deaners who stole the beer. Like all, all of it was so stupid and it was a main part of the show. So I thought this is ridiculous. And then Swingers Palace after a couple weeks ended up being pretty fun because it did set up some matches. There were some jokes in there. And when it ended, I was actually kind of bummed. I was like, why did they, why would they get rid of it? <laughs> but well, now we know why they got rid of it. We well, had to have that emotional moment because we now did. we have swingers. Dungeon now we have a basically Stu Hart. Yeah. It's awesome. Like <laughs> motherfuckers out. he's with Zicky. Now I was going to say like anything, Zicky, whenever Zicky's involved, it's a lot more fun. And yeah, I think, uh, I think now that I'm a fan of it, it's okay. If I was, yes, you're realizing why I love to. If I was Nathan, if I was Kevin, if I was someone who just knows what Impact is, but I don't watch, and then you watch Cody cut this amazing heartfelt promo, and then you watch Gunther and Braun have a match on NXT, and then you're about to watch Joe versus Max Caster tomorrow, and then by the time you get to Thursday and you're watching Zicky and. You're watching Zicky Dice and and Johnny, Johnny Swinger. Swinger. I think that's a like that's why it would annoy me. Like, why is Impact being shitty on purpose? Like, if I'm Impact Wrestling, I'm having an a 30 minute exhibition match to open the show every week, and then maybe we'll have time for other stuff. But yeah, that that's things like little basic ham and eggers who don't watch and uh, don't watch Impact regularly like <laughs> we do and understand the jokes, understand why Johnny Swinger is this old school carny and has these great references that you actually need to know the business to understand. You need to actually watch it to understand like Johnny Swinger is probably the best character in wrestling. You're calling like the other people basic, but we're just simps. Like that, like literally, they feed us whatever, and we're like. Nom, nom. I love impact mm, this shit. Cause honestly it probably does suck, but I'm a fan. So it's okay that it sucks for me. That's how you watch wrestling. You're like, I remember Macklin had that shitty match, that triple threat garbage. And you were like, I like bad wrestling. I blame the Le- I blame Laredo kid. For- <laughs> Wait, he's the only one who's not around now. Right. You fuck Laredo kid. I, I blame Macklin. And I blame Trey Miguel and Laredo kid. I think all three of those guys were backstage going, let's do one of these. And one of these, in yes. one of these, and figure out how we're gonna transition from that to this and make it look like it's clean. Yeah, and then they got out they there and it was up it was me. awful. That was probably not that was not as bad as Mercedes Martinez versus Willow, but it was trying to be as bad. At least that match because that match when they botched stuff, it looked like it hurt. Mercedes is just going, hoo, 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 hoo. it was really bad. Everybody at work was loving it, you know. 
it was like a really bad spot. Like I, I love Mercedes, so hopefully her match with Deanna is gonna be able to make up for that mistake and that botch. Of I hope so. They've both been letting me down lately. These are two. When you go to their report cards for 2021, they were A students. Now they're both like pulling C's. And I've even thrown Mercedes in the D range lately. I've not liked anything she's done. That match with Mickey was not good. And now I watched another match with Willow where it was not good. So whenever I see her, she's having a case of the not goods. This is the this is the era of Tasha Steeles. We have the glow. There's all these amazing things happening in wrestling, and I don't want Mercedes like to fuck it up for me. I don't either. I'm really hopeful for him, but one other one really hopeful for her to be like really good and be at the top where hopefully she can be when she proves in this match with Deanna, whatever it happens that she is a champion. And one little quick thing I want to bring up since we were talking the Briscoes, like where they're going to be, they are currently cause they won at spring break part one. What is that? G-State by the way, <laughs> what, what is it? The other, like you messaged me on discord spring break part one, something. And I just thought, what the fuck are you talking about? Like I had no idea what you were talking about. Right, Joey Janela has this event at G Stick called Joey Janela Spring Break. This was okay. Spring Break fall uh, six, so they have like two nights. So they had part one in one night and part two another night. Yeah, you like didn't say the Joey Janela part at all. You just called it Spring Break, and I thought, yes, I was like, what, what? So I had no clue what was happening with that sentence. So now I know Spring Break Joey Janela. Tomorrow night though is Dynamite. Let's get serious, you know. Tomorrow night's yes. the good show. We're all going to watch that. I'm really excited for Joe versus Max Caster. How many Whopper references do we get from Max Caster? Like, what is he? What Do we get a fat joke? I don't know if we're going to get a fat joke. We're going to get him getting a, that he was an enforcer and then he gets fired or he got fired twice. You've been fired twice. You look like you're full of rice. You think he's going to do that? It could be some basic shit like that, or it'll go something more elaborate about how that motherfucker got released twice. Like got released, then Triple H brought him back, then released again for no reason. It's yeah, like we'll see what. Yeah, I'm excited. You fucked up. You broke Tyson Kidd's neck, and now he'll never wrestle again. You fuck. You think he'll bring that up? Yeah, he might bring up the broken neck. And another match that I just remember we're getting also tomorrow is fucking Julia Hart's gonna wrestle now, Ju- for a qualifying match. Now Julia Hart. Now you might think she's related to Bret Hart. But she's not. She's not even related to Stu. Not related to Owen Hart. And definitely not related to Bruce. So who's she Who's she fighting? Well, let me tell you right now. Let me find this really No, I don't care. Disc. I don't care. You should care. It's not your favorite. She's wrestling a car machine. Why, why are we... But why... <laughs> It's just because someone's my favorite, you know, much like Daniel Garcia. Doesn't mean I want to ever see them on my television, like ever. Like I don't. You don't want to see Julia Hart win this qualifying match for the Owen Cup and beat Kakara Sheeta. I could not care either way. I hope it's an an outstanding contest. Uh, and I think uh, Julia is going to get some assistance from the House of Black, and I think she's going to join the House of Black. Or Serena Deeb is going to cost Hikaru the match. I could see that happening. It's going to be really interesting where things go. And something I just checked since I'm looking at that Discord really quick. Fucking Scott Norton's part of Bullet Club. Wait, who is? You, you broke Scott out. Norton. The actual like, WCW Scott Norton, NWO Scott Norton's in the Bullet Club, the new Bullet Club with Bay and fucking 
PLP and everybody. Jay All right, Mike's we've been going too long. You're bringing up Scott Norton and, and Impact Bullet Club. You're not bringing up you're not bringing up Stu Hart anymore. You're bringing up Impact yes. Bullet Club. So thank you everybody for coming in and hanging out tomorrow night. Kevin and I will be back for the whole effing show. Keezy is in some other state or some shit, so there was none of him tonight. Uh, this weekend, what's this weekend? Uh, I have a party that I'm going to. I have a dinner party, Gino. But then uh, I am going to be in here recording something. So stay tuned for that. Follow me on all social medias at Bleedies. Kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Thank you so much. The man is real. It's Fool's Day. The, there was some good April Fool stuff, Gino, that happened this year. But either or, it's time to ride off into that glorious, glorious Sunset, I think we did it. It Four was kids are just as bright and just as talented. Malachi Black says, Bring back the VLDs watch along. Tonight almost was a watch along, Nathan. It was almost the Supercard of Honor watch along. Poor kids are just that, as bright and just as That's almost what happened. Kids. I would love to do these hydrates, but as you can tell, there is nothing in. Oh, there's a little bit in that cup. We'll just do this. Yeah, I'm, I was. I just had to bring that up because I was surprised. Just a random, we see that Scott Norton is going to wrestle in 2022 in a tag team match for both. Of them. Gino, stop talking about it. Nobody fucking cares. It's just a big <laughs> surprise. Scott Norton's face. You're cutting out anyway. So let's let's. It's probably it's Zoom. It's time. It's time to go. Is what it's saying. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you, Gino. Bravo, man. You have a good night. You too. Rizzo. It's okay, Rizzo. Don't be a don't fret. Good night, Echo. Love you, Rizzo. Sorry, buddy. Love you, Nathan. Cassidy, thank you for everything. Kibby, Jared Camacho, B2, Nathan, Kevin Scampoli, Six Pastor, Max Caster. Love you guys. Love you, J-Tang. Thank you, Kevin Nicole. Tyler Spider.
Hell yeah. Underground. These guys do Randy Orton's song. Good night, everybody. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Hurry in during Ram Truck Month where you'll find J.D. Power's number one brand and new vehicle quality in 2021. And right now, get 0% financing for 72 months on the 2022 Ram 1500 Lone Star. For 2021 J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Not compatible with any other offer. 0% APR financing for 72 months equal 1389 per month per 1000 finance for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital regardless of down payment. Not all buyers will qualify. See dealer for details. Offer ends 5222.